0: Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Feminist Current Affairs programs, produced by women and gender diverse broadcasters at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne on unceded Kulin Lance, and broadcasted nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Senya. On today's show, we chat with Odissi dancers Divya, Shreya, Vaishnavi, and Pranavi, who are my fellow classmates at the Sohamasmi Centre for Performing Arts, and senior disciples of Odissi dancer and teacher Monica Singh Sangwan. We hear about upcoming Odissi dance performances happening at Dance House and Fairfield Amphitheatre. Let's hear from the Odissi dancers.
1: Hi, I am Shreya. I am currently a third year student at the University of Melbourne, um, and I'm studying finance and economics. Um, I've been lucky to have been dancing since I was eight, so that would have been 2009. Um, I started off with a teacher in Oakley, whose name is Jayati Das, and then I learned from a teacher in India from 2012. She's Sudarshan Sahu. And I've been at the Soho
2: Masmi Centre for Performing Arts from, I think, 2016. So my name is Prenavi and I go to the Macrobots and Skills High School and I'm in year 10 currently. Um, I started Odyssey in 2012 and I first learnt from Sapna Kalpa Dasgupta for a year. And then in Singapore, I learnt from Raka Maitra for a couple of years and I came to... um, Soham Asmi Center of Arts in 2015. So it's been eight years. Yes. Hi, my name is Divya. I am from Malaysia.
3: Um, I've been doing ODC for 18 years. And the first part of my ODC learning was through Padma Dato Ramli Ibrahim. And I came to Soham Asmi. In the last two years after I moved to Melbourne in 2018.
4: Hi, my name is Vaishnavi. Um, so I'm a full-time musician as of present. Uh, I've been training in Carnatic music since I was uh, five. My first teacher was um, Sri Su- Shiv Pillai. Um, I then moved to Melbourne to further my studies uh, in 20. 20- 2007 actually. (laughs) And I started learning from Srimati Shobha Shekhar, who I still continue learning from till today. Um, I also get uh, some special training from Srimathi Bhushni Raman in Chennai. I met Monika Didi back in 2014 through my friend, Raisa actually, who's our fellow dancer. Um, And I've been with Soho Masmi since. Um, I really can't call myself a dancer. I'm somehow stuck with the group. Most probably for the singing,
0: we're all shaking our heads right now. <laughs> <So we're> like, <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not true. Well, I'm
4: definitely not doing a solo anytime soon. <laughs>
0: oh, um, but you bring so much, you know, wealth in your own experience of music, which we'll get to to the dance, which is so important to Odyssey in itself. All right. So first, um, you know, for those who don't know, um, I'd love to hear like what Odyssey dance is. Um, And really what draws each of you to this art form? Maybe Divya, I'll start with you because you've been dancing the longest.
3: Um, So, Odyssey is one of the main um, Indian classical dance forms from India, uh, particularly from Odisha. And what draws me to the art form is that I appreciate the languorousness of the form. And also it has um, very dynamic aspects to the dance and i feel like that reflects my personality and just the way that my body moves and it really just gels with the form Mm. yeah Yeah,
0: i think that something i've learned about odyssey through the years is often you know it's i guess in this context of this country it's often compared with um in this binary view of dance, of, like, contemporary and tradition, and we've heard Monica G talk about this quite a lot through class. Um, But I feel like I've never danced ballet, but I almost feel like the training that's required of us is of a similar demand. Um, Yeah, would you have any comments on that in terms of what's involved in the training of the dance itself?
3: Um, Definitely. Having been trained in ballet for almost 14 years, um, I feel like ODC has a similar kind of shaping effect to the body or the kind of um, aptitude you develop as a dancer to suit the dance. It's very soft, but at the same time, it, you have to be strong to do it. In that sense, yeah, there are similarities.
2: Yeah, so what drew me to Odyssey was that, like Divya said, the how the mov- movements, movements flow. And um, I also started off with ballet for a couple of years before I actually went into Odyssey because my mum wanted me to see if I actually liked dancing first. And um, there's so much variety and depth in Odyssey that you can't see in other dance forms. And I think that's what I really enjoy about it. And you can express yourself in many different ways. So my family is from Orissa, where the dance is
1: originated from. So I'd heard stories of how my grandparents um, had watched performances. My grandma has learned a bit. Um, And I don't know why I've always been drawn to it, but I think something that you'll hear from all of us is the fact that Odissi as a dance is so balanced. There's um, quiet, and there's a lot of silence, but it is also very playful and it plays with beats, plays with music. It's static, it's dynamic. There is so much texture in the dance. And actually, talking about ballet, Monica Z often says that while ballet, um, you're dancing away from gravity. There's lots of jumps and, you know, lifting up into the air. Odyssey is so grounded. There is so much connection with the earth. Um, and I think, especially being in Australia, we know the importance of connecting with the earth, connecting with nature.
4: I actually see Odyssey as the culmination of, I guess, a very long-lasting culture in Odisha. Coming from a South Indian background, um, especially especially in music, I would say there's been a more continuous tradition of, of teaching in South India. Um, and Odisha had to go through all the invasions, various different... Um, I guess, natural calamities, and there was probably a a, a loss of teaching, a teaching tradition for some time. Even despite all that, seeing that this music and dance form has survived, we really have to, um, I guess, appreciate the, 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 the four gurus that have put in the work about 70 to 80 years ago. Being trained in music, I have started relating to music itself more because I've started training in dance. Unlike the others, I suppose I haven't start. I didn't start training in dance as a young kid. I started as an adult eight or nine years ago and it has really, really enhanced my understanding of music. And probably that's what's kept me going. Um, the love for music and the love for dance feeds off each other for me.
0: Thank you. I think that's a great segue to move into <laughs> the question of music. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So music and poetry are are deeply connected to Odissi dance. We have the Gita Govinda, a poetic text by Sri Jayadeva, which informs many of the stories that we dance in Odissi. And also dancers can't dance without music. Um, So Vaishnavi, I guess I want to hear from you first, because with your background in Carnatic music and also being a dancer, can you give us insight into what makes the music we dance to unique?
4: So, being trained for a long time in Carnatic music, as I said, we have a slightly more continuous teaching tradition. Um, the way we teach is extremely structured. Watching how my teacher teaches, I've learned how to teach, and of course, my own additions come in. We, we are training specifically to learn Odissi music right now. While the maybe the patterns of the talas and ragas are similar, the stylistic way in which you deliver the music is very, very different. It is really a culmination of the culture of Odians as well. I think it's a reflection of how the people in Odisha are. Um, the, the form of Odissi itself takes up the element of water, from what I understand. Um, the people are extremely gentle, extremely kind. There's a certain sweetness in the music that uh, is a reflection of the people themselves. and i think the way they go about daily lives i, I the, the limited time in which we've spent in puri and and with the musicians Achutaji, uh, Deepu bhai um, Buddha bhai uh, our teachers uh, for vocal and madla you, you see they, they're so generous with their um, with the way they relate to us uh, generous with the teaching generous with the in, in how patient they are. Um, I think all that reflects in the music. It's the culture itself coming coming alive.
0: On community radio around Australia, you were listening to Women on the Line. You were just listening to Odissi dancers Divya, Shreya, Vaishnavi and Pranavi from the Sohamasmi Centre for Performing Arts. Let's continue to hear from them. So we all have upcoming solo duet and group performances. Um, we had one earlier this year with our classmate Raisa um, and she had her first solo this year. Um, maybe Divya, can you tell me what is involved in training for these performances and, you know, what does an Odyssey solo look like?
3: I can speak about it from a very physical training standpoint. Um, so just imagine a dancer having to dance for two to three hours straight with maybe a 10-15 minute break in between an interval. Um, so it's physically and mentally very, very demanding for the dancer. So leading up to the performance, there's lots of um, body conditioning work. As a newer generation who's doing this, I we are also very lucky that we have a lot more information on how to um, maintain good body health, um, you know, and promote a bit more longevity in our dance, compared to our predecessors. Um, Yeah, and I can see that the newer generation is sort of pushing um, the limits a little bit more and we can go longer and harder. Yeah.
0: Shreya, maybe do you want to talk us through like the the programming of pieces that we, that solo dance in their solo
1: performances? Sure, I'd love to. There are six pieces that we perform. Um, The first piece is a Mangalacharan, Mangalacharan is made up of two words, Mangalacharan, but it's basically a welcoming of the piece. Um, We pay respects to the Mother Earth, there will usually be a little shlok, a little verse to a god or goddess, and we end with a pranam, or um, paying respects to the audience, our guru, our teacher, and the divine. We also have two Pallavis, these are pure dance pieces um, based on one or more ragas and we're putting together all these movements to create a beautiful, I like to think of it as a picture, but yeah, small details, big movements, quiet, loud, dynamic stuff, all just combined into this beautiful pure dance form. We also have an Ashtapadi, so you did mention Odia Literature and the Gita Govind. Um, this Ashtapadi is what we call an Abhinaya piece, um, it tells story. And this story um, is derived from the Gita Govind. Yeah, very emotionally heavy a lot of the time, but extremely beautiful talking about deep emotions that can be applied to even today. We then have an Oria song. So that's just coming from the Oria language. These can be um, common songs that people have grown up around. But just, yeah, an Aurea language song, these pieces tend to be a bit more lighter, telling stories of daily life. And then our sixth piece, and I'd say, usually what the audience thinks is like most impactful is Moksh, Moksh, which some can consider like liberation, the highest goal of life. It's a, another pure dance piece that ends with a schlock, a verse at the end, which kind of ends the performance on this very high note, a lot of like euphoria culminating into this dance solo. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks,
0: Traya. Oh, um, and Pranavi, yeah, I'd love to hear, you know, for for you, um, yeah, what is the um, importance of performing a solo? And I guess we're also performing duets together as well. You know, um, how has that experience been for you? Like performing both duet, um, training for a
2: duet and solo. Um, firstly, this is going to be my first duet, actually. I've done group performances, but duet is obviously very different. Mm. And I like to think duet as like the midpoint in between a solo and a group performance. Um, It's definitely been really fun to have you and to see you go through what I'm going through. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so as for solo, it's definitely been quite the journey. And what the solo is is only the final destination, what the audience gets to see. But behind that, that's a lot of work. And the advantage of doing a duet is also you get nice choreography. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's some definitely interesting pieces done being done a bit differently in a duet form.
0: I definitely feel like, yeah, dancing, I, I really love Dash Avatar. Yeah. I've always loved yeah. it since we started learning it and so when we first did it as a group of five that was exciting um but doing it in a duet like i guess yeah it's like you're really focused on each other rather than it being dispersed between four other people and i really love the dynamic we're creating like i'm seeing more of how you dance and that gets me thinking like how i dance as well and i think because we have to be conscious of mirroring each other a lot and of the times
2: adjusting to each other's styles too exactly
0: yes exactly so I think that that's been a really great um experience and challenge as well I want to jump to this question of you know we're not only encouraged to physically train for a dizzy dance but read text learn music and practice yoga and meditation to name a few um maybe Vaishnavi I'll get you to answer this one but why are these other activities important to developing the art form
4: Okay, maybe I'll go off uh, how Shreya explained uh, what the repertoire is. Um, half of the dance pieces are abstract, and I'd say the other half go by, uh, because they go with the lyrics, there's an intent of the story, uh, and so the the dancers already told how to say the story. Um, whereas for the abstract pieces, there's really no indication on how you should perform it or how you should feel. Um, I'd like to think of all of these accompanying activities, give you an insight into what you're feeling when you um, perform those pieces. And in turn, it tells you, it tells the audience, uh, these are, if I can put it in a structure, maybe um, give give an insight uh, a glimpse into what the Navarasas are. Training for music, especially for dancers, I think is uh, extremely important. Um, a, it gives you an understanding of rhythm. Uh, if you if you have a structured understanding in music, then you're able to really understand the finer nuances of things like pallavis, where the, the rhythm is not always following one pattern. For example, if it's going in a beat of four, the inner beat can be one of four, one of three, one of five, mm. one of seven, or one of nine. Um, it, ha- having, having allied or, uh, let's say, music training or or Mardala training will really give you that extra chance to really appreciate and maybe do the dance piece better. As you can see, Moshmi, who's been training for Mardala maybe for one and a half years now, she's not even learned gati Beda, which is an extremely complex piece, but she could really already just start playing for it. Maybe not the technical parts of it, but she could just pick up the piece and play for it. And I think that's because of her Mardala training, also music training from her father. Dance, like Indian
3: classical dance and yoga has a lot of crossovers. The spiritual understanding that you have from dance and yoga interrelates. You can get get it from yoga first or dance first. Either way, they both sort of complement each other really well. I think
1: another important thing of training, especially for some of us who have grown up dancing, is when you're training for a soloist, you're finding your own way of dancing. We all dance the same thing. But one thing Monica G has always emphasized is even in group performances, yes, we have to match. We have to look symmetrical in photos, Um, doing the same feet, doing the same hands. But we all have our own dance styles. And she's always said that even in a group performance, I want you guys to have your own dance style and your own flavor. Um, And as someone who grew up often imitating other people, being like, oh, I like how this person does this movement, this person does this movement. I think as a soloist, you're forced to kind of figure out who you are. Um, what your understanding of the text is, what your understanding of the music is, and how you're going to do a pure dance piece.
3: Yeah, I, I think that really translates into the Abhinaya pieces as well, the expressive mm-hmm. pieces. The more you understand the text, um, what the song is based on, what the lyrics mean, and you just have m- much more nuances when you are expressing what you're feeling or what you're trying to convey to the audience.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that... Um ties in really nicely around my question of you know Bhav and Abhinaya um do you feel like the Abhinaya pieces are the ones that allow you to really uh learn more about yourself as a dancer to help with the other say like a Charan or a Pallavi or yeah I'd love to just hear your interpretation of that maybe Divya can
3: start um it's interesting because um, I've been doing this for a while, and I've never felt like I could relate to the Abhinaya pieces because they're all usually based on um, Hindu mythology and also a way of life. If it's about like you know, like Shreya said, if it's an Odia piece, it's about the way of life of people in those settings, and we don't live like that, and we. So it's a bit hard to relate in that sense, but. I, I have a friend, um, a good dance uh, mentor as well, who sort of said, what if we we injected parts of ourselves into the dance, make it relatable, and then from there, explore it, explore it a bit more, and then find the similarities or find the commonalities that you with whatever you're exploring, with whatever piece you're trying to dance. And I found that through that approach instead of trying to straight away reach for let's say divinity or spirituality from the from the piece if i injected my very um basic layman <laughs> you know um uh understanding of what's going on i feel like that's a barrier that's lifted that gives um and it, i don't feel disinterested in the piece
2: yeah like um we said, um, can be really, really hard, especially when you don't know the story or the language, but personally, I love doing Abinayas because you can go into a different character and really like explore what they would have felt. And sometimes it's really hard to get into character because your mood might be different. And <laughs> but that's when you really think about it more. And everyone um, perceives a character in a different way, and that's also interesting to see. Um, but I think Abhinaya's are my favourite to do because I like following storylines. It's sort of acting, but without actually saying the dialogues, which is something that interests me a lot.
4: I guess putting your personal uh, feelings or putting a little bit of yourself into the Abhinaya, um, I. I can really relate to that because human emotions have been the same for eons, you know. Um, the ancient person is really no different from who we are today. And who's to say the human is not divine, right? Um, putting a little bit of ourselves into this story maybe makes us... realize what each human goes through in every situation without having to go through them ourselves. Um, I think you had in one of the questions around K.H. though and... Um, be, being a mother with a child, most of us haven't been through motherhood, at least in this lifetime, no, this right? But, group
0: cohort, yes. <laughs> but, um,
4: but maybe dancing on Chandu, every time you feel a little bit more of motherhood in you. Um, I've definitely enjoyed that piece, although I've nowhere come close to mastering it. Every time the part uh, where Yashoda is playing with Krishna comes and um, where she gets amazed by seeing uh, the whole universe and little Krishna. it it makes you wonder oh is this how I would be as a mother or it it, it taps into those feelings which I think is a very uh, ancient human emotion really Um, and going back to Divya's point and putting a little bit of yourself there really helps you carry through the piece saying that though I think if we go back to the abstract pieces of Pallavi's um, I really do feel a lot of emotion dancing dancing pallavis. It helps me be uh, very much at ease, I guess displaying whatever emotion I want during those pieces and um, maybe it helps you find a little bit more about yourself without any um, direction per se.
0: Mm, Thank you, Vaishnavi. And on the note of Kede Chondo, the one who is dancing at Shreya.
1: (laughs) Um, I actually agree a lot with Vaishnavi. I think part of it might be for the longest time, I thought I was the most like more analytical, more logical, doing the commerce degree um, rather than, you know, I never thought of myself as creative. So I've always resonated and enjoyed Pallavi's, that is a pure dance more than the Abhinayas, which have emotion. And, you know, you have to feel things. Um, so actually doing I Abhinayas, mean, doing on the where you are talking about a little kid, oh, it was a huge struggle, it still is, and I think you guys are all witness to that. I think I've spoken to some of you about it, um, but it's also with dance. You have to feel the part, you have to feel the emotion, but I think another added thing is we need to be conscious of the audience. We can't turn too much to the side because the audience needs to see our face and they need to see our emotions. Um, We need to be showing enough emotion that people can tell what we're depicting, but we shouldn't be overacting, it needs to be natural. Um, And aesthetic, of course, we're doing an art form. So there's so much to balance. You know, what I really love about our dance class is that
0: um, we have people from all different backgrounds and ages, like we have um, Moshmi and her mom dancing in the class together. And um, yeah, there are other like um, mothers and daughters dancing together. I think that's so special. I would love to hear, you know, how that kind of environment has shaped the way you dance and, yeah, maybe Pranavi?
2: Um, Starting with the different ages, one thing that I've noticed is that children bring a lot of innocence and, like, pureness and sweetness to the dance, where, like, adults bring more understanding and experience. And that's very interesting to watch because it brings out two very different styles and um to see that we all come from different backgrounds we have different body shapes but we all fit together in the sense the dance brings us together and it's like we're all different puzzle pieces of this giant jigsaw and we just connect together Mm. so it's been really great to see all the different styles and all the different things that you can do with odyssey
0: and that's all for women on the line today You've just heard from Odissi dancers Divya, Shreya, Vaishnavi and Pranavi from the Sohamasmi Centre for Performing Arts. Upcoming solo and duet performances are happening Saturday 17th and 24th of September at Dance House and 1st of October at Fairfield Amphitheatre. All shows will be accompanied by a live Odissi music ensemble. Tickets are available now at SohoMustMe.org. Thanks to the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support. The theme music for our show is by Ripley Cavera. I'm Senya, and tune in to Women on the Line next week on your local community radio station.